Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams, so I hope you enjoy it. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Awesome, and we're live. Everyone, thank you for joining me. Welcome to the recruitment show. Whether you're watching live after the event, YouTube, Spotify, all of that good stuff. Thanks for very much for joining. Um, today, we're going to be speaking about pay transparency. Um, so many interesting topics and issues um, that that brings up. But before we do, I just wanted to introduce my guest, William Tincup. And I want to give you a proper introduction, if I may. We've bonded over football. Um, for those in America, that means soccer, English football. Um, but William, if you don't know William, is a prolific speaker on all things HR and TA um, and has been featured in many different um, media, TV channels, all of those things. And he's well regarded as, a, as an expert in the field. He's the president and editor at large of Recruiting Daily, which I get into my email box regularly. It's a wonderful read. He's got three different podcasts although I'm still waiting for an invite to at least one of them. Um, and he's also a venture partner at Evergreen Mountain Equity Partners and on the board of multiple HR and TA tech companies. Um, William, that's quite an intro. Welcome yeah. to the show. And the most important part is I refuse to use the word soccer because the rest of the world uses the <laughs> word football. So like when I talk yeah. to even of my American friends, I won't say, I'll say football. They're like, and they'll, and they'll think American football. I'm like, no, the football. Proper, the rest of, proper, proper football. Yes. And, 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 we, and our football came first. Yes. Yes. You know, let's be honest. Football came first. Well, the, the football that they play here uh, is, is really handball because they're yeah. using their hands most of the time. Their hands are on the ball. The it's foots... the old rugby. <laughs> Exactly. It's not the old rugby. I mean, rugby is still a good sport. I mean, anyway, right, yeah. I like my rugby. I do. But yeah. it's, I think it started from rugby. Some so we just we have to outlaw the phrase soccer and just like they convert to people over and just like okay, stop yeah. saying soccer. But it hurts what's my Amer head. What's the American soccer league like? Are you? Uh... Uh, I would equate it to the third division of of England uh, football. So okay. maybe not not the not obviously not, not Premier, not the Championship, but the the third league. That's we're about equivalent yeah. to that because we don't have development leagues, academies, and things like that. You either play college football, um, or you go pro. Like there's and nothing... college football is unpaid. Right. That's is that right? right? Yeah. That's right. And they they can do these uh what name, image, and likeness called NIL deals where you, they can get sponsored. But the schools don't pay them, right? Uh, and that's different from like in Barcelona. You've got kids coming out at you know nine, and they're in their academy, and they're they're growing all the way through that system. And Liverpool and all the great clubs they have these academy systems. And then you've got like in England, you've got all of these different leagues that lead up to obviously the Premier League. We don't have any of that infrastructure, so interesting. You know, our, it, our goal is to get out of it. Like when y'all go to world, when y'all go to the World Cup uh, coming up here, the expectation for England every every World Cup, as it should be, is to win. That's the expectation, right? Yeah, well, that, yes. And and I know that we haven't reached that since what sixty eight. Okay, I get, it. I 66, get it. Yeah, sixty six. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So it's been a while. I got it. It's I got it. But every but every four years. <laughs> The expectation is, and, and, and the talent is there, the expectation is that y'all win. Our expectation is, if we can just get out of group, <laughs> that's our trophy. Like, if we could just make it out of group but play. The USA, the USA have been in a few uh, World Cups, have they not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, but, but getting out of group, it's like, that's a trophy. We should just get a trophy there. Well, and then, now the women, I mean, this is a, women's different. A, this is a great... This is a great, you know, there's so many similarities and between, you know, sport and business and things oh, yeah. like that. And, and the UK, I mean, England, so the UK, different. England have had many talented footballers over the years, but never quite managed yep. to work together as a team. Yep. You know, it's just, it's, it's super, 
it's, yeah. it's chemistry it's, it's fascinating. And teamwork. It's, but if you look back at like the Germany uh, recently and Spain recently, um, they played well together because most of them played in the league together, even if they weren't on the same club. When Germany won, most of those folks played in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Bayern and, Munich and yeah, right. They so they knew each other, and whereas in England. For whatever, for whatever reason, you've got English players playing most of them in the Premier uh, League, but they just they don't snap together. And uh, there was and a I, lot of also like real competition. Like back, back we yeah. had this golden generation. We had Frank Lampard and Steven oh, yeah. Gerrard. And oh yeah. We never won anything, and I know. You know, but, but there's so much rivalry between the clubs that they played yep. for. Yep. It's difficult this, to really. This one will be, I think, the most... When it first was announced, I was like, how are they going to do this? Like, it's going to be at a different weird part of the year. It's going to be a weird timing. Like, what? What in the middle of the desert? Like, what, how is this going to happen? But what now What I'm now that it's upon us, it's, it's really fascinating because most of the top clubs have not only that, you know, stre- uh, the, the premier schedule, then they're already playing Champions League, the FA Cup, like they're playing in all of these other competitions. And then all of a sudden you drop in the middle of that in November and December, you drop in a World Cup, which is usually in the summer when they have, when everyone has some time off. The rest and, yeah. And I think it's going to be fascinating. First of all, the injuries leading up to it. Yes. Injuries at the World Cup, but also, and you've seen this in, in years past, there's players that play in the World Cup that come out of nowhere and do amazing things and all of a sudden they get huge contracts yeah oh yeah yeah there's now, also the fitness aspect it, too yes oh oh yeah because it's kind of halfway through all of the european seasons that's right and again someone picks up an injury we were talking right. about arsenal before they're that's right. top of the premier league at the moment um you know a couple of injuries to key players and suddenly oh, yeah. you know the season's well, and, and some players, it'll be interesting to see how they how they play, but also um, what comes back afterwards. Like, you know, any, yeah. any, 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 any knocks that come backwards so that, that the interesting schedule and the January transfer window is fascinating because, okay, yeah. some clubs that run maybe one to two players away or maybe got some injuries, they're going to be active, more active in a January transfer window than maybe years past. Yes. So it's actually kind yeah. of fascinating because it's, it's hugely fascinating. And yeah. also linking it a little bit to, to pay, which yep. is, you know, like Premier League football, like football in Europe. Um, you know, there's no uh, there's no publishing of the pay range on right. the on the contract. I mean, they're getting an awful lot of money. It's very right. transparent. You know how much these players are earning. Right. Um, some some people, it weighs on their shoulders. Yep. You know, you have a big uh, a big transfer. You're getting all this money. You got bought for all this money, and right. it really weighs on them. You know, like the performance and the pressure. Oh yeah, and and, and all of that. So, I mean, I think with with the World Cup, some people will be in a wonderful uh, negotiation position. You know, they've done some of their best work at the World Cup. They've scored goals. They've made assists. Right. All of those things. Right. Now it's contract time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know. and it's also extension time. So. You have yes. somebody that comes out of this and they do really well, goalie or whatever, and you, you, they do really, really well, and they're got one year left on their contract. You can you can bet that the club's going to get really aggressive and go. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's go ahead and figure out that extension now. We were going to wait until next season. But yeah, let's go ahead and do that now. So yeah, there's some big players. Is... Harry Harry Kane, Tottenham, an England yep. striker. His I think his contract runs out in a year. Yeah, because he signed so. a one year deal. The, I yeah. think last year there was rumors of him going to City uh, uh, before they got, I think, probably the most amazing striker <laughs> that I've seen in a Incredible. while. Yeah, oh, my yeah. goodness. Almost unstoppable. Uh, so, so yeah, the, 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 he didn't move to City. I thought he was going to move to City. Uh, but he it signed a like one-year it. deal. Yeah, they wouldn't like. let him go. Yeah, they just wouldn't let him go. Um, right. You know, but uh, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Well, well, Patriots, I think what's interesting in, in football, but also in business, is it does create those expectations. So personally, you have those expectations, but it's also the expectations of the people around you. So because of transparency, you know, the gal or the guy sitting next to you, now you know what they make and how that should associate to their performance. So it's really, it's it's one of those deals where when it's 
either they're really exceeding expectations, so they're not paid as much, maybe they're, they're, they're on a, a not a great contract, and they're really, really performing, you can see kind of a groundswell of support of like they should be paid more. Like that's yeah. that you know like you can see I can I can see players in in the in the locker room kind of talking about like they should actually they should be paid more. Yeah. But the opposite is also true. You know, you got a huge contract, you know, and a huge deal, and you're not scoring goals or you're not defending whatever the position is, you're not doing the bid. Uh, I can also see that being the talk of players and not even we're not even talking about the media or any of the fans or anything else like that we're just talking about players yeah so i I think transparency creates a lot of interesting dynamics definitely also a lot of tension you know if you're trying to lead that team um and you're managing the team and and you've got you know you've got this person's come in at you know big bucks someone someone who's on half that is performing better People are talking. Oh yeah, it's a real. It's interesting because you know, like many many companies, you know, it's it's you know, you get penalised for staying long, right? Don't you? Like the longer you stay at a firm, you get maybe inflation pay increases, right? But when you move, you get the big increases. I think I read some stats recently. I think it's like on average you stay at a firm, you'll get two to three percent increase. Um, if you move. I don't know, it's somewhere between five and ten percent, I think, depending on the right. sector on average. Well, and I think that's the kind of the flaw of internal mobility is that you know if you don't provide opportunities for your employees, they're going to leave, right? So it's real simple. If you don't provide those opportunities, someone else will. Yeah. So what when you have someone that's really talented, it really is in your best interest to not not just dealing with pay, but to give them a different opportunity so that they can get a larger pay increase. So offering up those opportunities internally, or you're just going to lose that talent to an external uh, company or an opportunity. So it's very, it's very difficult. I spoke to um, met a CEO from a financial services firm the other day, and he was asking me this. He's like, "Oh, you know, this person wants a pay rise. Um, mm-hmm. We we already gave him five percent or something. Yeah. I mean, inflation in the UK is like, oh I don't know, yeah, I mean, no. it's nine percent or you know, I don't know. You wow. never know quite how or what it is." And the guy said, look, I'm, I'm losing money right now. Sure. And I'm earning actually less. Um, so I, what should I do? And I said, well, is it, are they a good performer? And he said, yeah, absolutely. But I just can't give someone a big pay increase. I was why? Like, well, wh- why not? Why? Yeah. And he had no, no answer. And See I said, other... look, I said to him, look, you know, it's way more expensive to hire someone. Have to 100%. pay recruiting fees. Yep. You have to invest time in interviewing. You'll have to pay them the bump anyway retrain so, you got to re- retrain yeah. them now you've got to work out all that chemistry and all that stuff that you've worked out when you have a again even an average i'll go i'll go, I'll go an average performer and a top performer so anyone that's below that okay that's a different thing but it's it's what it's the devil you know right versus the yeah. devil you don't know and you're right you you hit on it really, really briefly the new person that you would hire is going to ask for that new salary that's where they're going to start the conversation. So yeah. you, I think it's kind of an older mentality of I don't want to give someone, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give someone a, a percentage larger because that's probably how they grew up, like yeah. getting these little three, four, five, two percent, one percent, whatever the bid is, and they don't want to, and they don't want to change that. And it's like the world's changed. You got to, you, you got to recognize that talent now drives and regardless of whether or not you're in a candidate driven market or employee driven market or, or employer driven market, the candidates driving like the yeah. sooner we kind of get reconciled and get that in our heads, the candidates driving the better. Yeah. 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 And if you also, if you really like them, I mean, do all you can to keep them, you know, like your people are your business. I always say, treat your people like your best customer. Yep. You know, like if you, I think it was, um, oh, I can't forget who remember. I think it was a Simon Sinek quote right. said something like, if your people don't like your business, your customers never will, you know, yeah. something like that, Yeah, you know, to so just treat yeah. them well. It, it's interesting. I heard something similar uh, this week that I thought was, or yesterday that I thought was fascinating. And they said, we treat our customer. No, I just, excuse me. We treat our employees and our vendors extremely well. And that takes care of our customers. Yeah. So instead of the focus on, hey, treat customers really well, 
they they reoriented themselves like no just treat your employees and your vendors really well and all that susses out all that works out yeah so it's, it's super true because yeah. if you love working somewhere you're happy and you'll enjoy you know it's just it comes across when you're speaking with whoever you might be speaking with that's right that's right it's you just know. natural yeah but still to your point people are still in the mindset of oh, i can't give someone that's already in my firm you know 10 percent increase or something well, like I, that i i think just, i think your natural question to him is the question we should be asking all leaders is why not what you know what what is prohibiting you and other other than the slippery slope you know we, we've all heard that argument well if i pay you know janet you know 10 percent rate then then ronnie's gonna want 10 percent. it's like uh and <laughs> do, do you want well, to keep them yeah i mean look, i think i think that i definitely agree i i think also i'm caveating that with make sure you know what your cash flow is yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. Because of, of course, you know, if there's a financial impact, because I've seen a lot of, a lot of VC backed firms recently rescinding offers, oh, attracting yeah. offers. Before, you know, so so there is a you know, make sure you're running your business responsibly, of course. And 100%. if you can't give someone the increase because, you know, you can't afford it, communicate it. And I think people appreciate like the openness. You know, if there is a scenario like that. I think that's actually getting back to football for a second. I think that's one of the things that the Bundesliga does really well is they make their clubs run profitably. So they, they've yeah. mandated that your club has to be profitable. So you have to operate within the confines. And so yeah. what they've done really well is they go out and scout talent very early and bring in that talent and then they make money in transfers and that helps them then pay players. But I think it's fascinating the way that they've set up the league um, is is exactly what you're talking about, is it make, ensuring that you're running a profitable business, a good, sustainable business. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Because I think transparency isn't necessarily about, you know, more, 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 more money. It's about right. people feeling that they're being paid a fair wage and the same as people at the same experience level doing the same job. Which, which is uh, in, the, in the compensation world, they call it compression. So if, if I'm there at the firm for, you know, 10 years and maybe we've been through a recession or two. And so I've gotten that one to 3% raise each year. When you come in, you're coming in at a much higher level doing the exact same job. Now we have pay equity issues and equities, yeah. if you want to look at it that way. But what they, they call that is compression. And so they've got to actually bring that person up gradually to where they're at the same level. Yeah. And, or if they don't, now you've got the, the, the worst problem of now you've got people that are equals doing the exact same job, getting paid differently. And, yes. uh, and, and I mean, there's nothing worse, especially when you're <laughs> doing with marginalized folks or women or anything like that is like, you look at those inequities, those inequities are real. Yeah. Despite this clause in some people's contracts, if you can't discuss your pay with other employees, I don't know if you have that in the US, it's yep. often included in UK contract. Complete waste of time. Let everyone speaks to each other. And I would be, sh I mean, first of all, <laughs> I, I think it's just natural. It's human nature, right? You're at the pub and you're talking about all kinds of different things. How you, you're talking about football, you're talking about different things. It's like, hey, do you mind me asking you? Know, we had bonuses last week. What was your bonus? You know, yeah. you, you're going to say, yeah, I think I got about 5K, like, you know, whatever. You know, like one is. guy's like, you know, round on me, guys, you know, like yeah. whiskey, beer. And I'm like, hold on a sec. I didn't even get a bonus in my paycheck. Exactly. Exactly. But I think that's, a, I think that's human nature it is to be curious. And in, in this, in this regard, it's curious as to where you stand. So it's really relative. Like, okay, you know, when you're in a group, the if you're not the top performer you know who the top performer is okay yeah. so there's that but it's 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 kind of having that understanding and awareness of okay well but where do i lie if i'm not the top performer and there's 10 people on the team am i bottom of the team am i in the middle of the team is the rest of the team paid the same i think that's just curiosity i think that's just yeah. natural human behavior yeah. and also the other the other aspect is that you can also just jump online and and get a sense of <laughs> yeah. you know where you where you're at amongst you yeah. know, like 
you go on Glassdoor and you know other platforms, and you can kind of get a real good sense of what you should be paid. Oh yeah, indeed. And what other jobs are, and you know, with pay being published on in some states in the US on job oh, yeah. descriptions, you kind well, of you know. Well, I think Indeed's doing. It'll it'll play out. It could be the best thing ever, and it could be kind of the worst thing ever. We'll we'll just time will tell. But in job descriptions where there isn't pay they recommend based on what the job is, the job description, location, et cetera, they give, they put a range in there and they, t- they say indeed based on indeed's indeed's data. This is what we believe the job to be paid. So that's interesting. They are also doing something where you take the same job description and then you submit it to indeed. If it has no salary or, or then it's ranked third, if it has a range, it's ranked second. If it has a specific salary, it's ranked first. So if this is a $180,000 uh, job, that's a $180,000 job. If it's 160 to 190, that's a range. And if there's nothing in there, they'll put data in there. And again, this could be the greatest thing ever. Or... What do you think? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Like for those that are just, you know, they're hiring at the moment and they're just not, not into these companies. They haven't, delved into this kind of conversation before. I, I'll err on the side of, I think it's the best thing ever. Uh, and here's why. Negotiating pay, in, unless that's your job. Let's say you're, you're a professional negotiator. Okay, so you should probably be good at negotiating pay. Outside of that, like if you're a software developer or a director of demand gen or a human resources director, HRD or something like that, your job is not negotiating pay. So the job pays for a bundle of skills and experiences and some potentiality. It's, it's finite. It should yeah. be finite. And so someone's ability to negotiate has nothing to do with their performance on the job. So I think that, that that's how we got to pay inequities is because yeah. some people are just better at negotiating than others. And that, well, again... Unless negotiating is your job, why is that even a factor? It's just you should pay for the skills, you know, the, the acquisition of skills, experience, and potentiality. And that's what you're acquiring. And then that should be finite. Interesting. What's the, what's the other argument? Oh, the other argument is that, um, well, and it's, this comes from a third-party staffing and also internal corporate recruiting side of if we can save money. They don't look at the inequities because that's not their problem. They look at if it's a hundred and eighty thousand dollar job and the candidate, the best candidate takes a hundred and fifty, that's thirty, thirty thousand dollars that they save the company. Yeah. They don't they don't look at it as that you just created a thirty thousand dollar inequity that the company is going to have to deal with at one point or another. And yeah. so it drives comp professionals crazy. But if you talk, and that's one of the things about recruiting and comp, because they're so far apart in the organization, they really should be, if not the same department, they should be really, really tethered together so that you don't think of it as a cost savings. If you if you have them, no, no, it's interesting. If you have that mindset, I spoke to someone the other day and they were out of work. I got offered a job and they knew the offer was, was low. Right. right. Like they, they just knew. Right. Um, but they took it. Yeah. Um, and they got offered a job which paid what they felt that they were worth and then they, right. they moved. So right. so it's like short term, you know, you can feel you're getting a good deal by underpaying someone. But again, like with all the transparency and availability you, of information and people talking. Like people think about what that company, the first company, what they got. They got they lowballed, they got yeah. somebody in there, they trained them, they onboarded them, they spent all that, that money and cost, and that person left because they were they felt like they they were valued at a certain level okay so what did you what did you did you did you did you win you didn't win you just got a body in there for you know a month or two and uh again talent and the candidates the employees they have an idea of what they're worth and i think one of the other things that we haven't talked about that's interesting is is millennials and gen z they we think especially I'm squarely Gen X, we thought that they have an inflated sense of worth. Like they just want to come out of college and be a VP and make $100,000 and that's just, you know, done. 
So we look at that and go, well, we didn't grow up that way. And so that's an inflated way of, uh, of, of thinking of themselves. But the truth is, if that's what they think, that's, that's the reality. Because they're unwilling, Gen Z in particular, they're just unwilling to take the job. Like, like you or I, we'd take the job. Even if we knew it was lower than what we thought, okay, what lower would it, what we what we should get, etc. We would take the job because we we want to be employed. Gen Z, they just won't they won't lower them their standards to just accept the job. And I thought also it's worth noting there's other options apart from like regular employment. That's great. You know, if they can go make themselves a hundred thousand on a, on a YouTube channel or yep. get on TikTok, get paid for. You know, there's many other options, and a right. lot of people. I think, I think, just over more than half in the U.S. will be freelancing or doing a gig in, oh, the, yeah. next, in the next couple of years. So there's other options. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Mike. No, so I think it's. I think that's really interesting. One thing I want to note, just on 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 this Patreon thread, I think it's really interesting because certainly if you're publishing a pay scale, I think there's right. many obstacles to overcome. It's, you know, you publish a pay scale. I know 150 to 180. Right. right. And I'm I'm applying for the job. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to get paid 150. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to pay 180, right? Yeah. So exactly. You've so created more questions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the pay scale thing, but but I want to get paid 180. But but actually, like in the grand scheme of like the job, is that I'm kind of let's say just just about experienced enough to do it, right? Right. Whereas you've got someone else, maybe they've they've done it for longer. They've They've gone through difficult times. They've right. built up more experience. They're more valuable than me. Right. For a month of different things, right? Okay, the job's the same, but they've got more valuable experience to offer than I have. Yep. Um, and they're worth 180. That's right. I'm worth 150. It's See, very why, difficult but, to communicate why, it, I think. Well, that's, I think that's the thing is is skills have a breadth and depth to them. And, and they're also always being kind of uh, increased. So if you take something as like uh, React development or Python. And so Python is, is a development language, okay. And there's a depth, excuse me, there's a depth to Python yeah. and there's a width to Python. And, and again, if you're, if you're acquiring that skill, you're testing out to figure out where they are in their breadth and depth of Python. Well, if that's associated to pay, then that's fine. That's easy to communicate. Yes. Yeah. Because you can actually say, hey, from 150 to 180, it's based on your breadth and depth of knowledge of Python. So if your breadth and depth, and it's all going to be tested out, so it's it's really easy to know your breadth and depth and where you stand. If you're if it's fuller in the breadth and depth, you're closer to 180. If it's if it's not there, you're closer to 150. But to your point. It's hard to communicate that because we don't think of skills as we're purchasing items at a grocery store. Yeah. And it, we should be, this is milk. When you, when you buy milk and whatever it costs, uh, uh, you know, in the UK, when you buy milk, it's, I think it's like $2.50 here. So you buy a thing of milk, that's a skill. Yeah, you're buying, it's a, it has value. It has and, value. And, and the way people recruit a lot of the time, you know, it's pedigree over potential. It's, right. oh, you know, there's always this feeling you get. I mean, often it's not done so well. It's not as structured as that. So 100%. it's very difficult for people to communicate, to say, look, Lewis, this is why I'm offering you 150. Right. Um, and this is where you sit in the scale. And so if it's done right, right. It, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but if it's not, I can see companies running into issues of, you know, what are your expectations? Um, so again, in the US, for those that don't know, you, you, most states in the US, you can't ask people what they're currently earning. That's right. So again, feeds into this nicely. In in Europe, UK, you know, it, it's it, you ask people. It's it's odd if you don't divulge right. your salary and stuff. Right, right, right. Well, there was um, a period. There was a period here in the states where you had to prove what yeah. you earned. So not only did you, were you asked, so we the pendulum has completely swung. Um, when people would ask you your salary and you said, uh, you know, 110, they'd say, great. Can you, you know, forward over your tax records, you know, forward over your pay stub, you know, they, basically we believe you trust, but verify, right. We believe you, <laughs> but, but we, we also want to know that, you know, you're, you're not just saying that number out of, out of thin air. So then 
that now you the pendulum all the way is over to you just don't discuss comp at all as a as a as a, as a recruiter or hiring manager you just you discuss it in terms of what the position will offer but you can't ask them anything prior you can't ask them no. no no and you've seen a lot of salary inflation in yep. the u.s maybe yep. which is one of the, you know those are one of the reasons i think um it's interesting if you're a candidate by the way just as a kind of slight side point and you get asked what your expectations are don't give a range yeah no you know you say 150 to 180 yeah yeah they'll think oh okay 140 you're thinking actually 190 and <laughs> you, you, you know. 149 done <laughs> we got, we, we, yeah give a number have one that you'll accept a stretch target one you'll accept at one you walk away and, and give one number it's a quite a nice way of well it's 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 a market thinking. just like any other market if you have a farmer's market that you go to every you know saturday or sunday and you get tomatoes you know they're not the same every year they're not the same every week you know yeah. sometimes they're three for a dollar sometimes they're four yeah. for a dollar like that's the way it is skills and talent exact same mar- it's a market and yeah. if you need that skill you might overspend for that, but now again, with pay transparency, and especially the stuff that we have to do in compensation, you've got to realize, okay, I'm overpaying, and I believe that's actually one of the things that the, that the U.S. is reconciling with venture capital, is that for the last two yeah. years, they've overpaid for talent, and so now they're having to kind of reconcile that, that, okay, we, we don't need to pay that software developer $400,000, okay? Yeah. You know, we needed them at that time. We thought we needed them at that time. We needed them at that time. We wanted to lock them down. And uh, and unfortunately, that created a bunch of pay inequity is- or pay equity issues. And it also, we didn't get the value. And yeah. so I think that there's a reconciliation that's happening there. That's the other interesting thing. And so, you know, so the, the, the momentum is towards publishing pay ranges yeah. on job descriptions. Right. And so again, like the backdrop is it's very competitive to attract good talent right. and so and so what would you do now as a hiring manager you're deciding what to put as the range you have the budget to go more like like there's always a little bit of like if i really see see someone i love i'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll go the extra oh yeah 100 percent. you can go to comp you can go to finance if you need to you can bring it all the way to the c-suite like i found the person the diamond, the rough, I found them, the forest, the trees. I, fa- I found the person that is going to fix this, that, and the other. They want 20% more, 10% more than what we have in our range. And so that's going to create some stuff, but I found them. And uh, that happens every day. Hiring managers do that every day. Recruiters do that every day. They find the candidate and they go and fight for yes. that that person's comp. And again, now you have to now you have to weigh the okay what are, what are we without that what are we without that talent as opposed to what are we with that talent and paying more what can we do to reconcile the inequities that it, that that yes. will inevitably create yeah it's also interesting as well because again we just a little bit but once you start publishing the pay range for the jobs everyone internally is going to know oh 100 percent so you've got 100%. to make sure that you're addressing any any inequities within the firm as well you know those real loyal employees with have been with you for 20 years yeah now you're gonna have to start pumping them up well and and, and you know if, if if you're if again dealing with sustainable business and running a profitable business all that stuff yeah. that shouldn't be a problem like why haven't we done that already is probably a better question for companies it's like you know it's, it's again compensation professionals they know this stuff because they have software and they have excel spreadsheets they know these things so, but why haven't we taken the opportunity through the years to then get those people right? Yeah. And, and so, and I, it's not I that think... you can't afford it. Like if you're, if you're hiring someone else, that's come right. on, you can don't hire it. them if you can't afford it. That's right. You or can afford it, yeah. which is now that you get into the dark part of this is they're choosing not to. Yes. And that is, that's really dark because you're essentially saying you're, you're penalizing people for staying and performing as opposed to, uh, as opposed to leaving. And I, yeah. and I think that that's fundamentally flawed. And I think that that's, you know, dealing with transparency and pay. I think, again, now find a different opportunity within your company. So maybe it's too hard to 
bring them up 20% at one, one year. Okay. 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 But, but it might not be as difficult if you change their position and change their title and what they're doing and then just give them 10% and change it again. Like you're playing a game of, I've got to get you to a certain level. But also, you know, and us recruiters hate this. It's when they resign yep. and you come up with the counter offer that's 20% or 25% more. Why is it taking you for them to resign to give them the bump? Yep. And, and, and again, this is, uh, you know, what's interesting is, is, uh, you, 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 you think about this like from a healthcare perspective or health perspective, there's, there's things that you can do that kind of preempt a lot of health uh, related uh, things, yeah. or you can react to them. And I think companies have grown up in this, in this, uh, with this mentality of, well, we'll just react to it. If it becomes a problem, we'll just deal with it when it becomes a problem rather than being, uh, 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 rather than doing, pre- doing things preemptively. Because that's what you're absolutely spot on. People react to, oh, it comes out of nowhere. Chad's leaving. Chad's already put in his resignation. Oh, what? Why? We find out. You know, we'll ask. We'll do an exit interview. We'll find out. It's like they just didn't feel like they were valued, and this other firm offered them twenty percent more. Well, if that, if you find that out, and you would have paid them twenty percent more, that's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens all that we have to, it happens all the time. Every day, every hour, every day. It's time. happening right now as we're speaking, somewhere yeah. in the world. <laughs> it's just happening. People, um, people are leaving, leaving jobs where they could stay. They, I mean, I've, I know, and I know you know people that love their job. They love their team. They love their manager. They love their company. It's as simple as this other company has got this other opportunity that I know I could, I could do really well at. And they're they're literally offering me twenty five percent more. I mean, when you own, when you have a family and and all of that, I mean, you you got to make that decision. You, yeah, you've, you've got literally, to, yeah, yeah. You've got to, and also, you know, and also, you know, it, it might be just to give some people some credit. It might be that you know you're running a company, you're running a team, and and you felt like you you're pay, you felt like you're paying them fairly, and some. Some company that's come in with like you know just got funding and they start yeah, yeah. and they've just that's different. whacked that's an different. extra yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's different that's, that's different. different that's different and again I think there's enough pay data out there worldwide where you know those things yes uh, yeah. salary.com pay scale you've got all kinds of government data you you know what's fair but I think it's I think managers don't look at I, th- I think it's the squeaky wheel that we've kind of grown up in the mentality of those that kind of come to us that are maybe better at negotiating or better at kind of propping themselves up and making them more important uh, or, or whatever, or being louder or just whatever they get paid as opposed to the people that just kind of put their heads down, quietly do their work and they perform and they don't negotiate. They don't talk about how good they are. They don't do those things. And so we just kind of let that like, okay, well, obviously they're happy. It's, it's, it's true. It was also there's this classic thing in the city of London in, in financial services where it was, you know, if you didn't take your boss out and buy them a beer just before bonus season, <laughs> that pay packet wasn't going to look so good. You know, that that that, that has been like that over the years. hundred percent. And um, some people are playing. That's a game, right? Yeah. Um, and some people are great at playing that game and some people aren't great at playing that game. Now you have to separate. Why is that even a part of what what they're getting paid? You know what I mean? Like that's not their job, unless it's their job. Like like I can see, you know, for like if if you're having an enterprise sales team, you'd want them to be savvy enough to understand how to treat the customer and do special things for the customer, and so you kind of want to see how they do this bit. Yep, yeah, okay, but I'll, okay, and that's that's even a stretch. But outside of that, why is it? Why is that game a part of the job that they're compensated for? And it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. I, I know a hiring manager we were hiring for, and he wanted the, the he offered offered the candidates a job. It was a sales role, right. but he offered he he offered them a bit lower because he wanted to see if they'd negotiate because it was a sales role. He wanted yep. them to negotiate the salary, yep. which is quite interesting. Now I can see there's a there's a benefit in that in the sense of people understanding like a salesperson understanding how to say no to a deal 
you know, in, in negotiations, there's a thing called BATNA, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So salespeople actually have to be good at negotiating. They, they yeah. that this is a skill that, you know, especially enterprise salespeople, we'll just say, uh, they've got to be good at reading the customer, understanding budget, understanding that they're going to come in low, you're going to come in high, and understanding at one point you can't do that deal. Or at one point that you should say yes to that and they should say yes to it. So yeah. I can actually see an argument being made for putting people through that process. Um, but what I would do with that is is I would put them through that process and put them at a little bit lower just to see if they ask for more. And even if they don't ask for more and you still want them, you don't hire them at that lower salary. You yeah. hire them at what you were going to hire them and you teach them, hey, this was a bit, this was a teachable moment. We came in purposely about 7% lower than what, what, what you were asking because we wanted to see you fight for what you think was just. Yeah. Okay. So now you've learned the lesson. So, so like, like I can see a great argument being made for this being a, a coachable and trainable, teachable moment, yeah, but yeah. not a reason for paying them less. No, 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 for sure. For sure. Right. For sure. I think it's also worth worth mentioning that if you're, because it's a bit of a minefield now, I think. And also, you know, the other thing is pays pay is not everything. You know, it's very 100%. rarely, I mean, I, I find, I don't know about you, it's, it's rarely the number one reason why people are moving. Rarely. Yep. Culture, people, yep. no feedback, the team, you know, all of those things. So I think if you are, and it's also, as we discussed, there's a range, right? Like different industries pay differently. Right. different types of for, for the same job like you yep. can you know you can earn differently in different sectors and i think that's right i think it's Im important to communicate pay but also just think about all the other things that you can do to make people want to join you and want to yeah. stay and i think I that's think, important to know i think uh added added to everything that you had on the list is the concept of hybrid work and remote work oh yes yeah that that uh that's actually the number one in two phrases and indeed is remote and remote work and so now that because of the pandemic we've learned that a lot of uh, knowledge working jobs can be done from anywhere in the world which is great because it opens up your candidate aperture to anywhere in the world. It also opens up that people, if they, if they've moved to, uh, you know, if they've moved to the Caribbean and they like living in the Caribbean and they want to do the job in the Caribbean, they're not going to the office. Yeah. No. So, so I think that, I mean, they might take less in that scenario. Like, okay, you know what? I'll take a hit, but I'm going to live on the beach. Yeah. So, you know what? I understand that I'll take a hit. On that, what do you think of pay by location? Like, do you think people should? It should doesn't matter where you live, even if you're I, in a lower cost location. I or? think it's I think it's the worst concept uh, possibly ever created in HR, is the cost of living, because where you choose to live is your choice, and it has no bearing on what you're being what 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 should be your acquiring skills, experience, potentiality, yeah. and those things that's what you're acquiring whether or not they work in wyoming or whether or not they work in the uk or paris they choose those things they can work most people can live anywhere in the world and even within a country you know like like the uk you don't have to live in down you don't have to live in central london you can you can choose to live somewhere else but it's a choice so yeah. why is the company paying for you to live somewhere We've, they're paying for skills. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. We we in this country have always had this thing called London allowance or London waiting. <laughs> so this is this is the thing. It's like so you're working in London. So maybe you commute an hour. Yeah. An hour's commute. I mean, it's probably gone up now, but you'd be paying four thousand pounds a year for your right. travel. Um, and you'd be traveling into London five days a week, and every country, sorry, every company in London would pay you a London allowance. Mm -hmm. So there's this legacy thing. Yep. So now they're saying, okay, you can go and work in Manchester. Rent's oh. cheaper. Yep. You haven't got to travel in. So, you know, take that you, you've away. been a net, 10 grand net. Oh, well, let's split the difference. You know, go and live yeah. in, Newcastle, in Manchester and we'll pay you five grand less. I think, um, I think in those scenarios, you pay for the skills, as we've talked about. And then if you, if you want them to be in the office and they want the talent wants to be in the office, 
then you work out something on that that's related to commute. That's fine. Like that's that that's that's actually that's a part of their compensation package. Yeah, but true, see yeah. that that it's not based on okay, Sydney's an expensive city, Tokyo's an expensive city, London, San Francisco, Manhattan. Okay, so there's some expensive places in the world. Got it. But if you choose as an employer and you want them to be in the office, then A, you're gonna to have to pay them more to be in the office. Yeah. And 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 that should be not now you're not just paying for skills, you're paying for that privilege of having them in the office. And so yeah, and, yeah. And so again, you you associate that instead of, hey, we built this wonderful box. This is what the culture of our company, you come to the box and we're gonna give you some money because you live in Manhattan, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I believe that the location-based pay is where we've hidden a lot of pay inequities. You know, and, and I've, you know, I'll tell you the, the story of Janet and Robert. Janet lives in Topeka, Kansas. Robert lives in San Francisco, California. They do the exact same job. They have the exact same experience. Because of where Janet lives, its cost of living is so much, it's almost half of what it is in San Francisco. Why is she making less? Well, look, at the end of the day, when you look at it, it's a woman that's being paid less than a man doing the exact same job. That's how it shows up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm I'm all in. I mean, my company, and we have a US firm, and we have UK, Europe, and stuff. Um, we're fully remote. Yep. And if I just talk about the US team, um, they're in all different parts of the US: so Texas, New York, South Carolina, Florida. They're all on the same deal. Yeah. And they know, and, and you know, I've communicated it. And everyone knows where they're at, and it's completely. And I don't I think, care where they live, I, I where think they work. Lewis, I think that's yeah. first of all. I think that's the way you're going about it is is the way that all leaders should go about it. It's like, listen, you wherever you choose to live, it's cool. This job requires, you know, if it requires you to come into the office, well, that's a different that's a different thing. But if it's remote, yeah. why do you? Why do we even care? Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, if you're I think if you're right, if you're lucky enough to do a job where you don't have to go in, right? You're yeah. not a factory worker, right. an Uber right. driver, whatever, right? Like for me, the people that work for my firm, they don't have to come into an office and I don't care where they are. Yep. Um, and, and but the thing, you know, a lot of leaders, they struggle with it, you know, because you can't see them. You can't. And so for me, it's it's it takes a little time to adjust. And now it's like I give people my trust off the bat. Right. And it's about outfit. Don't care how, how how many hours you work. It's just right. outcomes. That's and right. That's it. It's in, in a knowledge-based work environment, that's exactly what we should be looking at is the outcomes yeah. and not how they work or even when they work. Uh, because if someone wants flexibility, they've got kids, they want to be able to do something in the morning and then something in the midday and then something in the evening and then and have some flexibility. Why do we care? Like, <laughs> again, you know, again if, it it's, if it's an outcome. It, absolutely you know and, and then and then the other thing is it works well when when people are also flexible you know it's like a two-way it should be two-way yeah you know, so if you've if you've got a firm that just enables you to work from wherever you want gives you the flexibility and i think people are invested in it you know they yep. want to do they want to do well in, in, and stuff and hey look you might be doing a customer services job and you need to be on by right. a certain hours to answer the phones yep it's different so yeah, it's a two-way thing, and I think if you find the right spot and you value people, and people will will they'll go all in. You know, and it's I, a good I, team game, and it's, it's beautiful. Man. I think there's a flexibility. The word flexibility, you, you hit on it. It's if you have a box and you want people to come to the box, there are going to be certain people that want to go to the box. That's and you know what I mean. Like that, that it's like yeah. let's not let's not over index to to the point of saying everyone wants to work remote forever. You know, in every job, that's not that's not necessarily true. In fact, there's studies of fresh grads that have been through COVID, that have been through remote and virtual for so long that they actually want to go to an office. Okay. There were, don't you know that you? I'm really right. I had a great friend of mine, and he joined us, um, living in Canada, and he and he, six months in, he said, "Look, Lewis, like, I remote's not for me." Yeah. I want, I want an office for yeah. going five days a week. And, and I said, look, you know, there's no one size fits all. I can, That's right. you know, you don't, we've done what we've done, Lewis. 
is in those scenarios is we'll go get an office, a local office, you know, like and get we them work. an office so that, yeah, we work so that they can go to an office because they just want to disconnect well, that's why I, home and that's, office. Then that's what we do. We say any, anyone who works with us, um, we get them a little mem- a membership to a co-working space or a members yeah. club or something like yeah. that. Um, and again, it's like, it works really well for some people. Others, they want something different. So right. it's worth getting in it when you're interviewing, just kind of back to that. So it's worth asking people how they want to work, you know, yep. like what's, how the way are they I, productive? The way I phrase that uh, for the audience, the way I phrase that is where do you thrive? Understanding yeah. where you thrive as an individual, as a candidate and as an employee, where do you thrive? Like I can, I'm again, squarely Gen X. If someone asked me to go to an office, I would literally, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I would, I don't own a suit. I don't even own dress clothes. Like I, well, I mean, I mean, you know, but I, I mean, that's, that's me. And, and I, I get that. But like, if, even if they overpaid for me, I'd still be, I'd still struggle with like, I got to get in a car and go to a place. Like really? It's all this etiquette involved yeah. as well. <laughs> I don't thrive. I don't thrive there. I don't thrive there. That's not where I, I would thrive. I did that for years. I did that for 20 years. Like I get it, but I went at this stage of my life. I think it's where is understanding your, yourself and where you thrive. I think that's yeah. really important for all candidates and employees. Definitely. What a beautiful place to end. Love that. Drops Mike walks off stage. Thank you so much. Um, love it. And, and um, a reminder to set your fantasy team. So there I'm you go. set my fancy football team. <laughs> and please subscribe to Recruiting Daily if you haven't already. Um, please, lovely, really good insights and articles and stuff. So, um, and, yeah. and I will get you on my podcast. Now I have a to do that I've already. Only if you want down. me. I'm not forcing no. you to. Only no, if you no, want no, me. That's no, fine. no. This will be wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Pleasure. No, I've obviously loved the conversation. And um, yeah, thank you everyone for watching. Hope you found it useful. Um, I'm sure William won't mind some DMs if there's any follow up questions or, or anything Please. like that. Cool. Have a great one. Take care. Bye.